0: 9, ignition sequence start. Six. Hello and welcome to Rocket Fuel, a daily update of everything that's happening in the rocket pool community. My name is Wack, Today is February seventh, and we're going to get started here with this news about the Tenkun hard fork taking place on the Leszki test network. This is the third test network uh, that it's going to be um, hard forked on after. Gurley and Sepolia and this is the last hard fork that it's going to be tested on uh before it goes to mainnet so this was a tweet from beacon chain overnight um listen that it'll go live in 4 hours time which was early morning very early morning eastern time and then as we can see from over here this is the um block explorer for the um, Alešky uh, network and you can see here that you know the the like the online rate was around eighty, eighty nine, ninety percent, well, somewhere between eighty seven and eighty nine percent. Um, and as the hard fork happened, there was absolutely no change in the number of validators who were protesting. In fact, it even looked like it went up a little bit from like um no eighty six um, up to ninety even over here our epoch, um our epoch um twenty nine um seven forty one. So. Uh, it looked like it all went smoothly. Everything was good. Now, you might be thinking, like, why is Wack talking about um, Eleshki? What's that got to do with Rocket Pool? Well, this is the Renkun hard fork, which is going to introduce blobs to um, Ethereum mainnet with with the update, you know, that's going to come maybe in a month or six weeks. And one of the things that's really going to impact Rocket Pool with this is the, um, one of the EIPs um, four eight seven seven I think it is it's a beacon state route so what that will allow is the execution layer to talk to the consensus layer and um, get information they can uh, they'll be able to get information from each other which it will be really important for rocket pool and especially node set because they will want to be um, putting some of that communication back and forth and it would help them like it will help us uh, remove some old out duties hopefully and also it will help um, node set um, see what um, their node operators are doing and how they're acting. So this was actually um, really cool stuff. And I'm happy that it all went through um, pretty much flawlessly. On on Discord, of course, you know, the Leshki Genesis nerds are, um, they were um, celebrating this. So they, um, you know, started getting proposals right away. Rocknet here got a proposal pretty much right away. Um, and then pteris saw that it finalized so everything is good and um, it looks like it was it was all looking pretty good so they were getting their proposals in they were getting like everything all the code outputs were were looking good and it looks like well, I don't really understand all of this stuff but those lines look pretty <laughs> but um yeah it looked like everything was was good so um, I'm really happy to see that they they this happened and uh, tomorrow we'll get the date for the actual denkun update which i think will be somewhere around the beginning or middle of march most likely maybe around a month from now so i think what the developers will be looking for will be looking for the expiry of the blobs on the different test nets and see how it all goes and then once all that happens uh, you know they're, they're, they're pretty much set to go for mainnet, which is which is awesome so i'll definitely keep you all in the loop with that okay um next you know we've been talking about eigenlayer quite a lot and we're going to be talking about it quite a lot today because it feels like there's drama about eigenlayer every day in the rocket pool community well one of the things that we're waiting for is jasper's paper that i've teased on the show a couple of times and he um, was supposed to release it last night but he had an exam today so um a blue avm said you know when's jasper releasing his bullish essay rocket pool and he says this will be tomorrow and he's like there's 20 more pages of content that he wants to write So tomorrow meaning um, Wednesday, we haven't seen it yet, but earlier on today on Wednesday, he said he would like to release it on Wednesday um, evening, potentially. So on tomorrow's episode, on Thursday's episode, I'll cover Jasper's Pippa. So even more Eigenlair talk for you all. I hope you all enjoy it. (laughs) Well, talking about Eigenlair and talk like um, what's happening with there, there's actually been a new... um, a new uh, community call that's been scheduled with eigenlayer as guests and this is taking place um let me just make sure that i get the information right yeah so this will be taking place tomorrow which is on thursday between um 6 p.m and 7 30 p.m eastern time i think i'm pretty sure that those dates are localized to me so depending on where you are you can um adjust accordingly um i'm u.s eastern time and then um it'll be taking place in the discord um, and there'll be langers uh, jasper mav and eigenlayer representatives um for a big uh, restaking discussion in the chat, chat channel and on discord so that is something that is really exciting and it's going to be really interesting to see what comes up in that discussion and um i think it's going to be uh, very uh, maybe potentially contentious but hopefully um hopefully quite um, informative and uh, educational for everyone in the community Right, so not everything, of course, is smooth smooth sailing with Eigenlayer. As you know, there's been some controversy about Jasper's bounty that he applied for, um, which was the Eigenlayer integration into Rocket Pool bounty. So um, there was some back and forth with the GMC about this. And um, basically some members of the community said that, you know, the community should get involved at a much earlier stage instead of at a later stage, which is where the GMC kind of ended up with their decision. So here... um, um, patches um has launched a challenge um against the integrating the um eigenlayer uh, i guess in against integrating eigenlayer so let's have a look at the rpip and then we can come back and have a look at what he says here so under the RPIP, he says that um, this abs- this proposal looks to challenge the gmc decision on um application blah blah, blah the funding of integration with eigenlayer and he says the pdao shall vote twice so the first vote shall be shall the Bounty be rejected, um, and the second one is if not, shall the bounty be reduced to milestone zero? Um, with then further uh, applications going in for more than milestone zero. So the information is if the first vote passes, the bounty shall be voided. So the you know you'll vote yes or no to it being rejected. If the community votes yes, it should be rejected. Then um, the bounty will be um, removed from you know the awarding that the GMC said, and then it says if the first Vote fails, which means that if people vote no that it shouldn't be rejected, then um, then the bounty shall be modified according to the result of the second vote. So then the second vote is such it says um, you know should the bounty be reduced uh, to milestone zero only? It says if the second vote passes, the bounty shall be modified to remove milestones A, B, and C, and change the overall funding to ten thousand dollars. If the second vote fails, the bounty shall be upheld as written. And then the rationale is funding and integration with Eigenlayer has the potential to attract many node operators, but it's also potential to create additional risks that are ETH holders' arguments both that Rocky Pool will suffer if it does and suffer if it does not integrate with Eigenlayer are prevalent in community channels. This decision is important and contentious enough to warrant um involvement of the whole pdao So um then there's um you know the copyright was waived. So let's go back to the forum now and see what's going on over here. So here um this was like a temperature check for the for the um for the vote and patches says please discuss the appeal of the eigen eigen bounty vote, the one that we just read here. If you are voting you are voting on whether or not the pdow should decide the bounty here or whether or not to reject it. Um sentiment poll as required by output for. So this was basically just to see if there are people who are they want you to go to vote or if the people who would rather um vote for it in terms of um you know just like leave the gmc's decision as it is so this kind of a temperature check and over here it's just about seeing whether there's a sentiment for it to go to vote and 56 percent of people said i support moving it to a pdao vote and 44 percent of people said i do not support moving it to a pdao vote so so the dark message here um responded by saying as Waldorf has stated here it's pretty clear to me that the, the pdao gets a vote um to vote after the initial investigation milestone zero i think we need to trust the gmc until they have actually shown bad faith the patches i see your argument in the other thread as not relevant here he says i would be a major trust loss if they rewrote this crucial part on the other hand i do like voting and think it's better to vote instead of preventing a vote thus i vote to vote i just want to state that i don't distrust the gmc and i think it's actually pretty clear already and then uh, patches says i don't mean to imply distrust of the gmc i just want um, for the annals of Rocket Pool history to be full of unimpeachable actions and I'm being a stickler for process more than anything because following procedure protects us from future strife. At any rate, I believe it's also worth voting on simply because it's a big decision and I want the opinion of the PDAO or whether to even fund the research. So um at this point I said um I think the PDAO voting after Milestone Zero makes sense. By then we'll all have a much better understanding of whether it makes sense to continue or not so like see the research see what it looks like it might be the research shows that it's not feasible at which point there's no need to vote and if the if the the research does show that it's feasible then it makes sense oh this is my perspective by the way not not i'm i'm speaking like um of my opinion here um so the idea i was trying to uh, you know convey was that um once we get the research then we can see whether it's worth pursuing or not. and at that point the the pdl would vote so Like I supported, I voted here, I do not support moving to a a PDAL vote. And the only reason for that was because I was, you know, acting with the idea that we would be voting after Milestone Zero instead of voting to even potentially cancel Milestone Zero. So um, that's why I voted this way. I'm happy for there to be a vote, but um, I guess I wanted the vote to happen later, not now. so yeah but that's like like i said there's always you know controversy in in um this topic and the community like you can see here it looks quite divided uh between those who are voting to vote those who are moving to vote and those who are moving against the vote um i think that um there'll be uh, a lot of really good discussion happening in the community over the next few days about whether like how we should go forward with this and i really hope that everyone you know argues in good faith and They present their ideas in a constructive way as i'm sure they will and um yeah it's gonna be fun (laughs) okay let's move on from there to um more eigenlayer stuff (laughs) in all honesty like so here uh, jasper says the discord is getting some heat from reddit and he said i was tagged to respond so let's go to reddit and find out what jasper was tagged in so here there was a post from breezy um saying do folks folks think it's worth to trade in rpl for eth to swap eth to sorry rpl to eth i'm thinking over the long term that eth will be the apex asset rpl might fade away and then ugly dude said i think rpl was overhyped i'm going to sell it later this year or next year yeah in the peak of a bull market right <laughs> and then breezy said just curious what are you waiting for and then um here some people that came in with some answers so, Logrease the Bard said, personally, I'm waiting for ETH staking saturation. More ETH keeps getting staked because of EigenLayer, So, the fundamentals of Rocket Pool keep improving as long as they capture a percent of that market share. Long term, though, I don't see them maintaining relevance without one or more LRTs that use our ETH. And LRTs, of course, are liquid restaking tokens. This post here from Goob. Um, Goobergal uh, was the one that um, Jasper was um, a screenshot. He says, "Nordse have an eigenle integration, assuming there's enough TVL for XR ETH there." Um, I really think that Rocket Pool community needs to become more adaptive and constructive here. Ethos matters, but it's not an end all be all. And um, we could have set and probably an LRT spun out of XR ETH without gaining much centralization risk, in my opinion. Even if people were to disagree with the idea, I think um, it were a conversation, it's worth conversation being had instead of the constant bearish whining in the rocket pool server. I get it, a lot of us bought a higher ETH ratio, Oh well, being constructive, be constructive or stop whining. It helps no one and actually hurts our investments to complain about RPL's existence over and over. I'm working on the write-up to try that to start that conversation, but I really wish I didn't have to. I'm not the most qualified person or the best person to be spearheading anything like this. To be clear, I mean that Rocky Pool should actively advertise and integrate Notes as permission module into the Rocky Pool website like every other LSD would. There isn't a single team besides Rocky Pool I can think of that wouldn't jump at the opportunity. Instead the Rocky Pool community seems to have the negative set is nothing bugger or passive. We'll watch it and see what happens. Who knows? Attitude. Even though Rocket Pool is the only LSD that people want to throw ETH at and can't because of the RPL throttle, well, here's a solution to that throttle. Permissioned in quotes above, because even though NodeSet has an application process for mini pool operators, they've already accepted hundreds of applications and anyone can apply this is substantive difference compared to protocol like lido there is centralization risk but it's nowhere near as great especially considering rocket pool itself is committing to self-limiting if we get there so then the grease said i'd be curious to hear jasper's or wax take on this sadly i wasn't able to reply but jasper stepped up and he said notes will be huge i plan on supporting XRETH, which is NodeSet's um liquid uh, staking token to the best of my abilities there isn't a clean way to bring notes into the core protocol and honestly i think uh, I'd like to think of set as a layer two. The Rocket Pool core team also is also helping set team directly. i Expect tons of cross pollination for marketing. Also, I'll be releasing an essay on Rocket Pool and EigenLayer hybrid restaking tomorrow, which is later today. So then Gubagal says that's good to hear. A lot of what I'm seeing applies to the general user base of the Rocket Pool Discord, and not to most staff. Although I did get a response that was ambivalent from a team member there when I mentioned this briefly before. Uh, I th- Need to read more of this research channel uh, before releasing any write-up and ask around more. Thanks to the info. And then Jasper said the the Discord is a beast in its own right. Um, however, the Discord isn't the entire DAO. There are people who stay away from the Discord and only interact on in the forums. There are those who stick to Reddit too. Happy to chat about any ideas you have. Also, remember that Rocket Scientists aren't the team. So if there's a yellow name, that's a Rocket Scientist who's just a community member who's been given a kind of elevated status, but they're not a team member. Those are the orange people and then um agree said looking forward to a uh, hearing about your paper let me know if you want any early feedback and then stablecoin says it's insane how fast the lrt narrative has taken over even things like blast uh, will probably become the preferred thing to hold or place the park eat long term this is not specifically blast just similar concepts mantle and their METH is also making headway into both l2 and lrt pies all they took was some new and unforeseen innovation the new security renting layer built on top of ethereum to shake up the whole existing lst space um who was only made up of uh players that were also um, just getting started heck i think some lsts like puffer just leapfrogged straight from lsts into lrt's and um then Logris said, you know, that he's been talking about EigenLayer for a while. So this, you know, there's there's some people who want um, Rocket Pool to be moving faster and kind of really promoting things like NordSE and EigenLayer integrations, etc. And um, it's kind of juxtaposed against um, what you know, a chunk of the community are, are being more conservative and want to do things slowly and more steadily. And um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, which which side of that divide kind of wins out and um i'll let you know um, about all the developments along the way so none of you are kept out of the loop okay next we have this chart from invis and he says rpl ain't recovering on un- until we fix this chart and basically it's a it's a chart where it's kind of like a line graph with the area under the line shaded orange and it looks like you know from may 2023 all the way through to february 24 it's pretty much flat so the line starts at around 225,000 and right now you know and then kind of in june of 2023 it goes up to around 260,000 and that's pretty much where it is right now as well so then um later in this kind of zooms out a little bit right. and um shows that this is basically the um chart that is showing growth of uh node operator eth on on the rocket pool protocol and the idea is that um it's it's growing um from yeah so the chart starts you know beginning of rocket pool where it started in um november of 2021 and since then um it shows that the amount of node operator eth has been growing but then since um you know towards the middle of last year it's been kind of flat and the chart you can actually see a lot more information when you go to the dune analytics dashboard for it and you'll see that um you know this uh, it shows you what it looks like basically that whole time and how much of each kind of um eth node operator eth there is whether that's in 16 eth validators or eight eth validators and it basically shows that it's been flat for the last like nine months or so. And even though the, you know, the stake has grown, what's happened is that's because there's more 8 ETH validators coming online or 16 ETH validators swapping to 8 ETH, which has kind of um, shifted uh, how things work. So if you have a look here, um, this chart now shows you what it looks like with um, just the 16 ETH validators. So that kind of peaked at around 200 and um, 230,000 or so and um since then it's kind of been down only it's like now it's like above about 100,000 so it's gone down by more than half however if you look at the eight eth uh, chart that's kind of been like up only and it's gone up a lot to uh, you know from zero of course all the way up to about 160,000 eth so the, there's around 260,000 eth of uh, node operator eth however um that's kind of plateaued and while more RETH has come online even that has kind of plateaued recently as well so the case that invis is making is like we really need more node operator eth to come online because of course you know now one node operator eth can and can mint um can mint um three uh um, you know so eight um, validator brings online 24 RETH, which is what we need more of um and that um, that was really interesting because Waldorf here kind of shared about um, the um, correlation between um, node operator ETH coming online and what the prices look like. So as you can see over here, like right as, um, excuse me, Atlas and uh, Shanghai went live, there was, you know, a good growth period for um, for the node operator ETH. And in fact, for RPL as well, like the, the average price was doing pretty well against ETH in that period. You know, it was just down from all-time highs, but that was because of exchange listings, all that kind of stuff as well. But <clears throat> what happened is, once the node operator ETH started to plateau, that's when the RPL price started to slide downwards. And you know, we we were kind of in a downtrend for the last, well, for about six or seven months there. Between you know, and then it's kind of like stabilized, where it's had a little bit of a pump and a little bit of like a dip again. But um hopefully, you know, it's it's stabilizing and hopefully you start moving up again. But What's really interesting is that, you know, with the node operator ETH that we have right now, um, we can still actually do a whole lot once we get um, Saturn upgrades, you know, the tokenomic upgrades. Like, for example, if you use um, Val's sublinear bonding curves that we were talking about in yesterday's episode, you can have, you know, your first validator could be... um, and um, 8 ETH validator, and every validator you have after that would be a LEB 1.5 or LEB 2. So the amount of ETH that you need from the node operator to bring online R ETH would actually be like astronomically more efficient. Um, You know, instead of one ETH bringing online um, three R ETH, you'd have one node operator ETH bringing like 16 to like 24 ETH online. So it's a good, um, you know, Five to 8x improvement in the node operator eth efficiency so um you know if you have 200 if you have the exactly same two hundred fifty thousand um eth from node operators that would you know potentially bring uh about 2 million um eth online you know if you'd use eight times um uh, scaling factor there so just with those you know tokenomics improvements you'll see that um the, the the potential for rocket pool is is really great but um at that point then the question will be uh is there demand to mint our eth and that's going to come down to a lot of the factors as well so um i'll definitely be following this and looking at this closely to see if there's any changes to this chart that will happen but sadly you know it doesn't look um, all that likely that we'll be getting too much more node operator eth coming online um until uh, some of the tokenomics changes that we're trying to work on go through and that might be some while yet so um you know maybe like maybe even q uh, q4 of 2024 or maybe even q1 of 2025 so we might have to wait a while for that but hopefully by then things like there'll be really good things um happening and of course you know in the next two to three months nodes that are coming online could potentially bring online a whole more uh node operator eth which which will be fantastic for everyone involved Okay, um, patches put out a post where he was kind of panicking, but he wasn't really panicking. He said, "I oh, don't panic, but um, Nimbus Bisu just missed a proposal for the rescue node user." I gathered up my logs and went through the Nimbus Discord, and someone else had this exact same complaint. The other user is using Get Nimbus Rescue Node is BisuNimbus, Nimbus, so it's not an execution layer um, execution client in- interoperability thing. Um, and then um there was some talk here like about what was going on and uh, was there something to worry about and patches said good news it looks like it's not our fault uh, at least one other nimbus user had a similar issue and then nimbus are weak, working on a hot fix as you can see here that um i'm not sure what this means <laughs> i'm not very good at reading github yet but it looks like they are trying to um put people are putting comments on there to get things happening and um, I don't know what the outcome of that is going to be, but it looks like Apache said that they've identified an issue and um, hopefully that will be fixed, with hot fix soon. But I think it's a very small issue because um, I haven't seen too many other Nimbus users saying that they've been impacted by this. But if you are a Nimbus user and you missed the proposal, then keep an eye out for this update okay so as i told you in yesterday's episode today we had the gmc retrospective meeting talking about round eight and what went well what could be improved or what went badly and Shifrin here provided notes of the meeting. So I'm going to read them out to you. So um, Shifrin said that multiple members displayed an interest in a defer to a PDAO option for the GMC. So if there's a grant that comes in, uh, you know we can just automatically defer it to the PDAO instead of kind of going through this whole process of um, you know uh, saying yes or no or deferring it and then getting challenged and doing the RPIP stuff. It should just be an automatic the gmc says we don't know how to figure we don't know how to vote on this we really want the pdao to get involved and then it goes straight to pdao and the good thing about that would be that it would be really efficient in terms of um, time for um, grants where people want um you know the a decision as soon as possible um i think it will be really good for those especially more controversial uh decisions as well And next the uh, shifting says the gmc will discuss if there are any systems we can develop to handle more controversial applications one um one easy day one solution is assigning them to all subcommittees. Admin will discuss with the GMC other solutions as well. And the GMC and community discussed how to move the rapid research to the next stage. The admin will work on a poster capture visions from the community that detail goals and strategies based on the research. And then Joe has expressed um, in the DeFi subcommittee that we should have a DeFi subcommittee which has been a recurring issue the admin will see if marketing up for the task or if other alternatives need to be conducted that's that might be my fault because i'm i'm on the marketing subcommittee and i might have um insinuated that i'm willing to take on DeFi um uh, applications so so i'm sorry to um fellow um marketing subcommittee members <laughs> and then um ken suggested that kane and Langer should be added to the review retrospective um and then ken also displayed interest in further refinement of the final revision stages of the gmc's process and WAC discussed having a framework for handling media applications this came up because twitter spaces um from jasper twitter spaces from ken and rocket fuel were also adjusted in tandem during round eight so if we had you know a standard handbook of what the gmc was willing to do and not do then that could impact all of those media grants that came in so um, those are some really good notes from shifrin um shifrin um didn't mention in here but a lot of the gmc members um think that either shifrin should have someone help him or give him a pay rise so he can spend more hours doing the admin work because he's not he's um, there's too much work so um i'm, I'm putting that out there so, you know, we might be asking um, for Shifrin to get more money uh, at some point. Um, so, yeah, good stuff. Okay, next we're going to talk about um, this stuff that, you know, might impact a, a rocket pool uh, node operators in the future. And this is about uh, proposer builder separation. And um, yesterday this kind of came up as an issue because um, a builder was um, making invalid blocks and a relay was giving them to uh, proposers and they like a bunch of blocks were missed uh, which is not good um so here Porter says after yesterday's events and already uh, soothed um a thread on why we should not have allowed this to happen so basically he's saying that um you know mev boost has um kind of um messed things up <laughs> a little bit um and we actually i don't know if he calls out MEV boost directly but um he's just calling out like the the way that the uh, block production is made now is not good basically and that um the the shortcuts being taken that shouldn't be taken you know with things being optimistic etc um and basically what we need is for there to be um yeah so he says the total cost was nine bad blocks and about one ether uh, proposes presumably nothing to users uh proposals got refunded so someone paid them i guess the blocks route paid them back later but um going on to say that you know um all this happens in a closed source environment where there are just five relays and 10 builders most of which censor transactions this is not a matter of pointing blame other than to ourselves the ethereum community and core devs relays provide a public good for the most part this says builders do not want to censor they do have necessity there is no actual need for these opaque developing environments to be trusted bottlenecks in ethereum processing let's get rid of this and let's commit to enshrined pbs which is enshrined proposal builder separation which means that would happen at the the base layer instead of uh, you know being outsourced to um builders and relayers the way it is right now so maybe you know in um i don't think it'll be in well it may it might end up being in the next uh, upgrade which is um uh, petra uh, but uh, it might be the one after that osaka um depending on how things move um soon okay next i've got this update from christine kim who you might know from her tweets summarizing the all call devs calls for the execution and uh consensus clients she puts out you know tweet threads i think every week um and she started a podcast where she summarizes the meetings but also has guests on to interview and in the episode that she released yesterday um this were she had on Nixo, uh, who you also on the launchpad last week, and also Yorick, um, who is an ODA member and um uh you know a professional node operator, like in a seriously professional node operator, not just like a you know a joke professional node operator, but um they were both on the on the podcast and they talked about um all things supermajority clients and what's coming in Prague Electra and um ETH conferences as well because you know we're coming up to ETH Denver season, so um sorry about that yeah um so give that a listen to if you want and this is what it looks like on video um with with the guests so that's pretty cool okay next hippocrates had this um cast um on webcasting uh got a response from kraken regarding their stance on ethereum execution client diversity and the associated risks so this was kind of a like whatever um whatever um, response i think i wasn't too enthused by it Um, so kraken say "Uh, we do understand the importance of client diversity both for the benefit of the network and risk management with this point in mind we have strategies in place to manage this and are constantly looking for ways to improve them due to the internal nature of these strategies we are however unable to discuss them in any detail with our clients we appreciate your concerns on this matter if there's anything else we can help you with please let us know by replying to this email Thank you for choosing kraken we wish you a wonderful day ahead so like i said it's a bit of nothing um nothing email um when the content's quite light but um hopefully you know they are um, doing something about um execution client diversity because at the moment it's not too good from the kraken side okay and finally we're going to finish the episode with some really exciting stuff um and i saved this for last because it's actually pretty cool news that's not directly to rocket pool but maybe. Somehow, anyway, um, Eric says here we go again. Arc21 has just filed an amended S1 for their spot Ether ETF. It looks like they updated to be only cash creations and some other things that bring it in line with the recently approved spot BTC ETF prospectus. So, what uh, Eric is saying here is that we've started to see movement from the applicants of the Ethereum um, Ether spot ETF. And here, you know, they've started uh, bringing things in line with. Um, What happened with the Bitcoin process? Basically, especially about we're going to cash only I think they already did the surveillance sharing and all that stuff was in the original applications to begin with copying it over from the Bitcoin one now um, Here we have Scott Johnson who found some interesting tidbits within the application and he says interesting adding staking component in brackets So it says the sponsor may from time to time stake a portion of the trust assets through one or more trusted third-party staking provider the sponsor generally expects the stake, ether tokens from uh, the trust's cold vault balance in consideration of any staking activity which may which the trust may engage. The trust would also receive certain staking rewards of ether tokens, which may be treated as income to the trust. Staking activity comes with the risk of loss of ether tokens, including in the form of slashing penalties additionally as part of the bonding and unbonding process of ethereum staking any staked ether tokens will be inaccessible for a period of time determined by a range of factors resulting in certain liquidity risks that the sponsor will manage so this is included into the amendment which is which was the mind-blowing part of it because it says that um arc 21 uh, arc and 21 shares um will stake some of the ether in in the trust if it's approved of course which, of course, you can't do with Bitcoin. So this is a new thing, and they put it in brackets. And then here we have uh, Scott kind of explaining what the brackets means. And he says, for those not familiar with curiosities of legal drafting, the implications of adding brackets around a new block language like this is saying we're putting this here because we want to add, we want to add it. But let's have the conversation because this might come across as inflammatory and it's not critical to the application so basically they're saying to the sec that hey we want to have this and make it happen but if you really don't want it then you know we can we still want the rest of the application to go through without this so um the the markets like well let's we'll come back to the markets in a minute but um here, you know, the, the news people started getting on top of this as well, saying that um, you know, the ARC 21 shares are meant to, um spot Ethereum ETF applications and may stake a portion of the trust assets through third-party staking providers. So um what they're saying here is that this is not a staked ETH ETF, which is a separate product that you know we might come later. This is um ARC and 21 shares saying that the ETH that will have under their um security in um in in the etf they'll be staking a portion of that to get some yield for their customers so the yield is a key part here right now you know when they say third party stakers um the the thing that makes the most sense is uh, coinbase right because it's most likely that they will be um securing their assets with coinbase however um coinbase also have um, a kind of partnership with rocket pool so that's something interesting to look at especially if the coinbase's size is getting quite large you know they're already the second biggest staker they only operate one node so there's a lot of question marks about the quality of coinbase's stake um maybe they'll go towards the decentralized option who knows that's just me being um, just me speculating there um so but because this is an amendment people were asking you know is this because the sec has asked them to make amendments so michael said does this mean the sec has started working with issuers so the chances of approval increases and eric says i haven't heard but i'm pretty sure it's just in anticipation of comments but i'm going to nose around so he's going to go looking and see what's happening behind the scenes and try to find out what's going on so one of the things that I've you know heard a couple of people saying about this is that this is actually really bullish for the eth ETF because if if the if the applicants were expecting it to not go through, then they wouldn't start making these amendments already. they wouldn't even start pushing the the scope of the ETF way past the, you know the Bitcoin one. So um, if they were kind of worried, then they would have just kept it exactly the same as the Bitcoin one but swapped BTC for eth. Um, but what they're doing here now is they're kind of pushing those limits a little bit and they're pushing it uh more. So it might be that they're confident enough on the base version getting through that they are then trying to, you know, take a bit more if they can get it. Um, with the idea that maybe the SEC will approve it and it'll be a huge bonus for them. So there's some really, really interesting things already happening here. And with with uh you know the fact that um the, the staking mentioned, um the rpl token just loved that news so we had a whole bunch of buying coming in pretty much right away and you know the the price pumped um on binance here you can see the candle went from around uh 27 dollars all the way up to 30 30.72 72 over the scope of like half an hour and i think at that point then you know people kind of um started to see that you know it might not be rocket pool that they choose it might be someone else right and that's that's fine you know the chances of them choosing rocket pool to stake their up uh, their uh, stake their eth with is quite small they'll probably go to some kind of custodial um uh, custodial um option or something like that but i'm not sure you know at the moment the market's quite like that news though and there was a bit of a pump on um dexes and on binance so uh the price now you know even though it's retraced a lot it's still about five percent higher than where it was at the um um earlier on this morning, like just before the news came through. So um, you know, the, the the news was really well received and it seems like um the Ethereum price really liked it as well. So um it's kind of gone up, it's shot up a little bit in the last few hours. And that's been holding that price much more nicely than uh, the RPL token has. So um we're definitely gonna keep an eye on all of that stuff and especially now that there's a chance it's going to directly impact Rocket Pool in one way or another. Uh, or indirectly impact Rocket Pool. But um It's potentially very exciting news ahead so on that note i'm going to end today's episode so i'd like to say thank you all for watching listening and being part of the rocket fuel community i will see you all tomorrow bye